Welcome back to a brand new episode of We Call It Soccer, a podcast that is in a different location. Uh, <clears throat> I'm Caleb, across from me virtually, but farther away still, like physically. Um, Sasha, NHL playoffs. <laughs> yes, we, uh, <clears throat> we're the team who gave the Avalanche the win. <laughs> we are <laughs> we are the team I mean that game 7 was underwhelming but I'm after watching game 1 of the Avalanche uh, Golden Knights series so happy that we're in the, I was like oh you know what it, it's, it's, it's fine Yeah, it's fine that the Knights didn't get absolutely spanked on national television we didn't just you know chill out by the beach uh, I, I went out to a restaurant um they they still exist. Uh, I went to Sajia with a girlfriend, and we were talking about playoffs, and like the staff, we were like cutting up the sushi, like chimed in because the Wild have now become something that's so exciting to talk about, and that was the consensus. Despite the fact everyone's bitter about certain calls, they were fun mm-hmm. to watch. So it's nice yeah. to have a Minnesota team like that. Yeah, it's, it's nice <laughs> to have a Minnesota team that's exciting on offense and exciting like during the entire game. It's it's, it's it's really nice. See, what sushi place did you go to? Uh, uh Sajia, on Grand. Sajia. Yeah. Okay. Nice. So, I tweeted this out from my from my account on Twitter, but I not only did I move, but my wife and I are having a baby in November, and she's she has said her first meal is after giving birth is going to be sushi and red wine. So. So, Gia might be a place to go. Yeah, yeah, definitely good, good wine there. I mean, I, I had sake and we got like fucking drunk in it. Like, thing is, it, it was sake that didn't taste boozy at all, but it was like fifteen percent. So, <laughs> so it's only fifty percent. Y'all have more, and then suddenly, oh, yeah. I hit y'all at once. Yeah. But we also recently found out that I'm joining you in the hashtag girl dad club. So, Sasha, do you have any any tips, any tricks to being a girl dad? Honestly, I think it's, like, easier than being a, a boy dad. And you can just do all the same things. Like, if anything, they're going to think you're cool because you're not putting, like, uh, like gender discrimination on what you want to do with them. If they want to play with, like, army soldiers and cars and skateboard, like, anything that was was deemed masculine three decades ago, like, just do it. And if they like it, they like it. <laughs> like, honestly, awesome. yeah, that's my only advice. Well, thank you. I will... <laughs> I will remember that as the months ticked by and I get less and less sleep this later this year. Um, little programming note. I mean, November, hopefully the season is done by then, but this off season is going to be a lot less active from this main feed. We'll still post shorter things on Patreon for our patrons. Um, Patreon.com slash fans recently dropped uh, Sasha's Cauldron Part 2 right? Sasha took us through some very interesting very it's like I want to play D&D now some very interesting classes do you give us a little teaser here uh, yeah we, we uh, covered the the Soul Edge uh, rogue the one who uses uh, psionic powers it's pretty much like Psylocke from the X-Men but your your blade is made out of psionic energy and you are able to steal the secrets and uh terrorize people's minds as opposed to hurting them physically you're hurt, you're hurting them mentally 
vicious and that has to be like a like an evil character like lawful evil there's no one who's like oh i'm neutral good i'm just gonna bury my blade into your brain and steal your secrets no one no that's like oh they could be at least like neutral evil you know i mean we have like we're just gonna talk about the euros here the uh ministry united game that happens week ago I just want to talk about other things than soccer right now because, like, we're both into F1 <laughs> now. We both watched the masterpiece that was Bo Burnham's Inside. It's so much is happening, but also soccer's like, hey, guys, remember me? Like, yeah, we know, we know, we know, but we haven't talked in over a week, so we need to catch up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. It's like summer opened up and just everything hit at once, both being socially interactive and also online. So Right. Yeah, but so I have two questions for yeah. you. None of them pertain to soccer. Who is your favorite F one driver, and who? Um, what? What was your favorite uh, Bo Burnham song in his new special? The Bo Burnham is easy. It's uh, it was the white girl's Instagram <laughs> or white woman's Instagram. That one was. Yeah. It, it, like the title sounds sexist, but like he got for a man who's just like using one room and a camera he got all the imagery perfect uh, and he has like yeah. he, he has that line just like uh it's a lord of the rings uh quote uh misattributed to like martin luther king and i'm just like i was crying through that part it was perfect yeah so um f1 driver's a little harder right now um Max Verstappen. I mean, like I'm a fanboy of his. It's it's so okay. easy to be. He is he is generally good. I mean, Charles Leclerc is also good, and I, I like. I think Max Verstappen is like the 2.0 of of Ricardo because Ricardo. When I see him, I'm like, this guy seems like a guy who just like woke up as like, oh, I'm I'm a naturally gifted racer. Like I I just understand it at a level nobody else does. I can get into any pit car and just or any car and just drive any track. And then Max Verstappen is just like, well, I am the like. German or your Austrian version of that. I'm the more. I'm the 2.0. They put the brain chip, so like my reactions are faster than your your human ones are. Must have cost Red Bull a lot of money to put a microchip into Max Verstappen's brain. I I haven't actually watched a race yet. I've only watched the first two seasons of Drive to Survive on Netflix. Highly recommend. But I like Carlos Sainz a lot. I mean, Lewis Hamilton's just like. Yeah, he's the best. But like having him be my favorite, it's like kind of like cheering for the Yankees. Like, yeah, he's the best. I respect to him and everything. But I think I like Charles Sainz. I think I like Charles Leclerc too. Like a little bit of a Ferrari boy over here now. It'll match my Liverpool jersey just just fantastically. So just kind of goes with the wardrobe, you know. Yeah. And then the songs. I don't remember the name of the song, but whatever the one with the sock puppet. Yes, was probably my favorite. That <laughs> <laughs> was when I laughed the hardest. I would highly recommend both of those uh, forms of media on Netflix. That's series Drive to Survive uh, about F one. You'll get sucked in. It's fantastic, and also Bo, Bo Burnham's Inside, which was built as a comedy special, but it's more of like a one man show. It's it's good. He he filmed it all. I think he edited most of it in a like one room pool house that he owns, and it's 
the cinematography is great and the jokes are great and the existential crisis is also great. Yeah. It's very on brand for Bo Burnham because his comedy always 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 have a moment of like very re- very real mm-hmm. you know something very he t- he addresses something very tough that he deals with and he does that in this one which something I'm like that is probably like something everybody needs to do and then the way he like responds to it as well. Oh. You're right. It was like kind of always on the surface. <laughs> yeah. Or not on the surface, just under the surface, and this kind of this special kind of brought it out. Mm-hmm. So yeah, highly recommend yeah. and like great music too. Yeah. He also has that bit where he's like rea- doing the reaction video to everything, <laughs> where and, like it has four layers of recursion. So that uh, like I thought I'm like that yeah, is that pretty brilliant. Too. Yeah, I can't <laughs> imagine trying to edit that and timing that all together. The man is a genius. Yeah. That whole thing is a masterpiece. I, if he just did nothing for the rest of his life, he, like, it'd, it'd still be like one of the best things out there. Yeah. Oh, well, enough talking about great things. Let's talk about Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's hard. I was looking for a side way that wasn't as <laughs> berating to Minnesota United, but I mean, they, they drew. They drew 1 1. To uh, Salt Lake at Salt Lake at the Rio Tinto um, goal early on on a free kick for Demir Trilock. Uh, uh, I mean, he was unmarked. He's the tallest guy in the field. For RSL, maybe you should mark the guy who's made his name for scoring goals off of set pieces, but I, I'm not the coach. That's true. I'm not the coach. Oh. Um, good. Yeah, it was. It was. <sighs> That play just made our defense look so bad, which I didn't think they were all that bad. Like, DeBossi was back in in the center. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Chase still was making a lot of runs up, but, like, DeBossi was tracking his man. Like, he still has that instinct like that we applauded him for last year. So, he, like, he'd be like, okay, you're looking behind him. He's like, where's the run going to be? So, where do I need mm-hmm. to be before, it, like, so I'm not a step behind my man? Um, yeah, he, he brought a lot of stability, and I think a lot of fans realized how good he is, or at least how good he is compared to uh, Yuta Raitala and uh, Brent Coleman mm-hmm. in the left center back position. He's just so stabilizing back there. Yeah. I'm also making his d- debut, well, debut with the team, uh, Adrian Una. Yeah. And- Which, yeah, Sasha, you mentioned this within the notes, you have to say <laughs> as if you're blowing out <laughs> cigarettes more dismissively. Una. That's how you say his name. Una. Una. <laughs> Yeah, he um he looked like he still needs time to get uh adjusted with the team. Uh, you could see oh, yeah. where he was, tr- what he was trying to do. He he received the ball and he tried to instantly do a one touch back, but uh, you know we hadn't pressed high enough or hadn't like caught up to him because he is he is pretty fast. Uh, so then like there would just be a turnover there. But you could see what he was trying to do, where he was like, okay, I I received the ball, instantly tap it back and then take off. So I'm receiving that next through ball, right? Like mm-hmm. he anticipate he wants to always catch the defense off guard. Uh, we just couldn't make that play happen. So Right. And that has to do with personnel as well. Mm-hmm. Um Frajapan or Frajapan, I don't we don't I don't know how to say his name yet. I should know, but Franco. Mm-hmm. We know him Franco. Um something to do with his paperwork. Um he's a second transfer into MLS from T- uh that has to ha- had this problem with paperwork from his original club. So hopefully that's all sorted out by the next game. It's in like two weeks so hopefully um and Reynoso was out 
Um, he'd been nursing an injury through the homestead. Um, he got the two wins, and Inchi thought it was the right time to rest him, and he's probably right. Yeah, he's uh, we had Will Trap there, and why aren't you? Will Trap is covering for Ozzy, who is also out. Having those two people away, they're, they're two probably two of the best passers on the team. Um, and Metner is probably in that group too. Uh, but that like when you have this new striker and you don't have your guys who are like great at your long distance passes there, it's hard to play direct football. And so mm-hmm. we were doing a lot of the same old, you know, cross in from the left, cross in from the right and not. Yeah. But... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, long, no Ethan on the right hand side or, or left hand side. Dotson Dan on the left hand. Uh, Lute on the right. Um, Lute and Braidouche kind of playing as if like they're going to the Euros. So like don't hurt us. <laughs> and like no fault in them for that. Like Playing for your country is probably is one of the greatest things a player in a player's career to do that opportunity. So all power to them, but they didn't look that impressive. But it's okay because uh, Nico Hansen, who came on as a substitute, looked fantastically in preseason and then disappeared with an injury. I think it was a thigh injury, a thigh or a yeah. knee, something on his leg that you don't want to aggravate. And like, oh man, this guy's scored a lot of goals in preseason. Let's see how he do, does here. And he scores the <laughs> most garbage goal <laughs> in the history. Like Zach Preezy will watch that once. <laughs> is that copying me? It, it, it very much looks like he just like gives the keeper butterfingers because he barely puts enough force on it to be a good header. It's not even like a direct header. No, it's like a it's off his chest. Oh, it is off chest. Like, yeah. Keeper punches it. It goes off of Nito's chest. He's pressing. He's pressing the cross. And it slowly bounces through uh, Zach McMath's hands and into the back of the net. And when I say slowly, I was watching it. I'm like, did they slow this video down? No, that that was actual speed that it went in. So what what you're saying is that Nito Hansen just rubs his jersey and body and like baby oil before he's on the pitch and just makes everyone slippery around them is that what you're saying? <laughs> Nico Vaseline Hansen <laughs> <laughs> that's so wrong <laughs> so wrong um, hopefully he can slip past other defenses um, we also got to see Ja'Cory Hayes who was playing like he was down to get an injury because he ran right into Hani Dotson and they collided in the air going for the same ball um, but despite that talk out there, yeah, boys, talk out yeah. there. they did have some good uh, back and forth. Like uh, I want more direct play and those two uh, seem to provide the most of it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And I mean, we've been saying this, but Asani is not a left winger. He's not, but when you, with the arm going overseas um, for the euros with Ozzy, you know, he's not going to be able to play every single game, every single minute. Um, you look, and Dotson's the next guy up next to fill in next to Trap or next to Ozzy in that midfield three or midfield two. And that leaves, I mean, a plethora of wingers on the left-hand side. Uh, Fronto is probably the first one up there, but also you got Nito Hansen, who can make that his own. Um, McMaster. McMaster. Uh, Patrick Weah can really play on the front three wherever. Um, so there's some opportunities there for people to step up and but also for Dotson to step right into the midfield because that's what he was trying he was like tucking in from the left wing so 
and pretty much playing the midfield as it was, but he can do that more confidently now, not knowing that he doesn't have cover for Chase or doesn't have cover for look for that pass on the left wing. He can kind of be more center and play his game from there, which I think where is where he's best. Yeah. But um, this game, I mean, we had one shot on target. Arsenal had five. Twelve shots total. We just can't hit the net right now, and it's it's so frustrating. It is. Because like, oftentimes we'll be dominating possession. And uh, uh, I'm actually happy because we gave up the first goal, and we came back. Like, as soon as that goal went in from, like, from Carlisle, like, I was, like, I was very frustrated. I'm like, it's over. Like, I, like, I, like, I'm at that point already in the season where I'm mentally just unstable enough that one goal could do it where it wasn't that wasn't the case last year so i need to have a little more faith because even though the points don't look good a point on the road at rio tinto is good so i'm trying yeah exactly yeah. we mentioned this earlier but jan and robin on uh international duty for the euros joining robin with finland is yuto Vitala. uh run dsc that dan sinclair is on international duty with the canadian senior team so that's Pretty fun. It is until we realize that Finland lost to Estonia 1-0 today, and Robin and Yuka both started. But oh. the formation was a 3-5-2, which it was kind of weird. And I feel like maybe that was just them trying to experiment in a low-risk situation. And it's also <laughs> a friendly before a major tournament, yeah. so you're going to not play. You don't want to go all out, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. But um, Some loans, some of the young players going out on loan, Nabilai Tabunducci. On loan to Sacramento Republic, joining him in, t- in California is Talon Montgomery, but going to San Diego Loyal, and Foster Langsdorf is on loan on the other side of the country for Tampa Bay Rowdies. Um, quick note about the San Diego Loyal: they they have three former loons on their team: uh, Colin Martin, uh, Jack Blake from the old NASL days, and then a recently signed Magdali Barra. So nice, it's pretty fun. Uh, they also have a new uh, investor, our part owner, um, DeAndre Yedlin, took his Turkish money and decided he wanted to invest in American soccer, and uh, San Diego Loyal is the team he went with. <laughs> I just picture him like paying with Turkish delight for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, the Turkish money and like is the currency there, Turkish delight. That, it's the currency in Narnia. I didn't pay attention to that movie, but I mean, I think that's the same place. Uh, <laughs> God, I hope not. Turkey has an evil ice queen. That's awful. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Evil Ice Queen is such a hit for Pride Month, though. Uh, (laughs) um, (laughs) uh, But no, like I I thought it was cool. His reasoning was that he liked that they were a team who last year during the finals took the action of saying we're going to forfeit from playing. in the playoffs because of how our teammates or how our teammate was treated and the fact that there was no, you know, action against it. And he, like he said, that's the kind of thing that needs to be uh, reinforced in soccer. And so that's where he's putting his money. That's awesome. Yeah. I did not see that. So that's really cool to hear. Um, we'll move on quickly to the nation's league, um, which is still going on. It started before COVID and it's still happening. They were, they just been practicing for this for, uh, for Almost a year now. This moment. Nations lead. USA 1. Honduras nil. Substitutes. Theosin Sib... Oh, shoot. I had it. Sibite Sibachu. Yeah, God damn it. I had it and I forgot how to say it right when I hit his name. But 
Substitute, I believe he plays for BSC Young Boys in Switzerland. And a diving header to beat Honduras. That's the final. And then Mexico tied Costa Rica 0-0. Mexico advanced on penalties. So I think USA should be the um, the uh, the favorite because, you know, we start a goal. <laughs> so it's pretty obvious, you know. Uh, I, I hope that was sarcasm because <laughs> both those teams, are, I think, could will, would beat us in a final and probably will. Despite the fact that we have all their European talent back for this game, um, there's still some European talent I think that should be omitted, and that would namely be jo- uh, Josh Sargent in the starting I front. I was going to say him too. Yeah, and then uh, I like Sir, I like Sir General Dest, but I think he gets outmatched. Sometimes when he tries to be, you know, try to be offensive, you know, that full wing back. And he, mm-hmm. like, a lot of players just like, well, I'll just stand my ground. And, like, pretty much you can't get past me because I outweigh you. Or I, I can outmuscle <laughs> you. He's a, he's a small dude. Very light. Yeah. Um, so, I, as for, like, the middle three, like, I like Jackson Yule. I, I like Legit. I like Weston McKinney. I thought that was great. You know, so. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really that impressed with Legette, but I don't know who else you put in there with uh, Tyler Adams still injured. Um, I was impressed with Jackson Yule and Tobasa McKinney. Maybe Eunice Musa once the qualifiers come around. I don't know if he's in camp or not, but he should be at least given a spot on the squad. Um, yeah, I, I agree that Josh Sargent was very underwhelming. With wings like Gio Reyna and Tristan Pulisic, you should be creating more as a striker or at least hitting your shots on target would be nice as well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, he was, his team was just relegated from the Bundesliga, uh, Werder Bremen. So maybe it's a, it's a confidence thing. It definitely seems like it, but like, dude, you got to get it back or you like maybe losing your spot is a blessing in disguise while you're in that kind of slump because he's been on a almost like, Six month slump throughout most of oh, the yeah yeah, so. Well, was I on the opposite end of the fifth yeah, pitch? Yeah. I was really impressed with Zach Steffen. Yes, yeah, he's so. clearly earned his spot. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, this the final will be played on this Sunday. I mean, we're gonna uh, go USA. Like we're not gonna cheer for Mexico. Come on, it's true. <laughs> um. We're going to take a quick break with Sasha's quiz but, and then continue with our Euro 2020, but it's in 2021 predictions and also some news around Europe. But first, the return of Sasha's quiz. Yes. And so I just moved from Hopkins to Prior Lake. I relocated, you could say. Also relocating all the time is professional teams in America. So we're gonna, I'm going to give you a professional team. You need to tell me where they moved to. Okay. For the most part. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll start with um, an easy one. Yeah. The San Jose Earthquakes. Where they like? Where they moved from? No, the where they moved to. Where they moved to? Yep. Uh. If you want a hint, I can give you the year. No. Is it somewhere in Florida? No. It is not. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> just, just fine. Just give me a guess. 
San Antonio. <laughs> no, they moved to Houston. Wow. The San Jose Earthquakes moved to Houston and became the Houston Dynamo in 2006. Okay. Earthquakes resumed play in MLS in 2008. That's actually the only MLS one because of because Anthony Pretort and Doe Chet Rocks and Eat Glass. Um, <laughs> so we're moved to there's plenty in the other major sports leagues in North America. And <laughs> I'm off to a great start already. We're off to a great start. <laughs> okay, here's here's an easy one. Okay. Here's an easy one. The St. Louis Rams. <laughs> I don't know NFL that well. Oh, St. Louis. <laughs> oh, buddy, buddy. Where they moved from? They, they ha- where they moved to. They, moved they to- have the same name. Still- they moved to a different city. <sighs> fucking, I can see it, too. Okay, I don't know. Is it in California? It is. Okay. Uh, That's a huge hint. Come on. San Diego? No? <sighs> so close. <laughs> Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Wow. Rams. <laughs> Fucking hell, dude. I'm the biggest city. You're thinking, <laughs> you're thinking of the San Diego Chargers, who also moved to Los Angeles a year later. So there's two teams in Los Angeles, in, in Los Angeles and no one who lives there cares. But either one. Okay. Okay, I'm trying to find one. <laughs> okay, yeah, here's one that's easy. Uh-huh. In 1960, the Minneapolis Lakers moved... To L.A. Yep, there we go. Thank you for giving he's, me a easy... He's back on the board. Yeah. Okay, we're on the hockey now, because okay. these are fucking wild. The California Golden Seals. Did they move out east? Yes. Did they move to California Golden Seals? Uh, why do I feel like they're going to be like Boston or Philadelphia? Um, did they become the Brewers? No. Uh, this is NHL. NHL. Uh, Flyers? No. No. Penguins? No. They moved to Cleveland and became the Cleveland Barons, who only lasted two years, then merged with the Minnesota North Stars. Okay. It's it's <laughs> so stupid. We're going to keep going because okay. I didn't know any of these teams even existed. The Kansas City Scouts. I don't even know the sport. <laughs> and NHL. And still NHL? Uh, they, is their team active now? <laughs> kind of it's it's rough I mean <laughs> these teams move all the time uh, Kansas City Scouts became uh, the Chicago Blackhawks no um they moved to denver became the colorado rockies not the avalanche the rockies <laughs> okay and then the colorado rockies in 82 moved to new jersey became new jersey devils and then the quebec nordiques moved to denver became the avalanche oh my god it's it's, it's fucking wild <laughs> this i had no idea the nhl was so like nah you move here but 
No, no, you move there. No, I keep moving east. You're not far east enough. No, don't move north. No, I keep moving. It's like, what? Let's, let's look. If you took like PSG, I'm like, okay, it's going to be in Bruges now. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um. So, <laughs> Bayern, we're going to move you to Istanbul. What? Yeah. Actually, uh, move you to Sochi. Actually, we're going to move you to St. Petersburg. Actually, we're moving to, oh, to, to uh, Tokyo. But why is this happening? Uh, fans, I guess. All right. Minnesota North Stars. Did they move to Minnesota North Stars? Did they move to Texas? Yep. They And they became... Are they currently an uh? Yep, they're currently a team. Is it just called the Texas North Stars? No, it's not the. No. Uh, I'm just I'm just gonna start like naming things that might not even be hockey. Oilers. <laughs> nope. Nope. They are still the they are they still have stars in their name. Mm. Lone Stars. No. No, that'd be clever, but they're not. Okay. <laughs> they're the Dallas Stars and fuck Norm Green forever. Just like two years after they moved, they wanted to do the Stanley fucking Cup. Hell. It's fucking horseshit. That's how that's how you win it as a Minnesota and you move away. <laughs> yeah. Okay. When was the earliest uh, relocation in Major League Baseball? Earliest. <sighs> mm-hmm. Nineteen sixty-three. 1902. Oh my god. The Milwaukee Brewers moved to St. Louis and retained the St. Louis Browns. The St. Louis Browns then moved like 52 years later to Baltimore and became the Orioles. It's it's dumb. In time, in nineteen oh three the Baltimore Orioles moved to New York City and became the Highlanders, and then ten years later when they renamed the Yankees. It's it's so stupid. When was the earliest relocation in the NBA? That I'm going to go for the 60s again. 1965. You're closer. 1951. Okay. The Tri-Cities Blackhawks moved, were, who played in Moline in Illinois, moved to Milwaukee, which became just the Milwaukee Hawks. Then four years later, they moved to St. Louis, became the St. Louis Hawks. And then 13 years later, they moved to Atlanta, became the Atlanta Hawks, and stayed there forever. Again, it's, it's so stupid. <laughs> Earliest... Relocation in in the NFL. First relocation in NFL. Uh, nineteen fifty nine. Nineteen twenty one. Which cities were they? The Decatur Staleys moved to Chicago and became the Bears one year later. It's it's so dumb. The most most recent relocation in the NHL. Not wouldn't be Seattle. Wouldn't it be no. They're Vegas. an expansion team. Yeah, wouldn't be Vegas. Who's also an expansion team? Oh. God, the girlfriend would know this. 
And we just like went over a whole bunch of trivia. <laughs> okay. Let's see if they, I can think of They are um still in the playoffs. Still in the playoffs? Uh, still in the playoffs. are they is it Predators? Caroline Predators? Nope. Okay. Uh, the in two thousand and eleven, the Atlanta Thrashers moved to Winnipeg and became the Winnipeg Jets. Okay. But the Winnipeg Jets were a team before, but they moved to Phoenix between the Phoenix Coyotes. Who we actually destroyed this year. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, we just scratched the surface. It seems like just a giant economical game of like whose barons or whose uh, billionaires want to take someone to their city <laughs> from a city Pretty that much. was at a time uh, flourishing and that now is in decline. Exactly. It's it's just a clustered fuck of relocation. This doesn't really happen in at least world soccer as far as I know. I mean, MK Dons in England, that's about it. Anyway, let's move on to back to soccer. We started with soccer in that quiz, but let's move back to it. Um, predictions for the Euros 2020. Um, I'm going to just bring up the uh, groups groups real quick. In group A is where did it go? Oh, Italy, Switzerland, Turkey, and Wales. In Group B, Belgium, Denmark, Finland, and Russia. Group C, Austria, Netherlands, North Macedonia, and Ukraine. Group D, Croatia, Czech Republic, England, and Scotland. Group E, Poland, Poland, Slovakia, Spain, and Sweden. And Group F, probably the group of death, France, Germany, Hungary, and Portugal. Portugal, of course, are the reigning or defending champs of the Euros. Poor, poor Hungary. <laughs> uh, or if they make it out of that group, so then it's a then it's a fun story. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that'll happen. Um, so we're going to go over just real quick. Instead of going through like every matchup in every group, we're going to give our winner, our golden boot, who scores the most goals, our golden ball, who is the best um, player, like MVP of the tournament, and golden glove, best goalkeeper, our dark horse, and the team we think is going to underperform. So Sasha, why don't you, you go first? Despite being a hardcore Belgian fanboy, I, I don't see Belgium winning this one, which which makes me sad. Um, I'm going to say the winner is going to be Spain, and I'm, I'm confident enough to say that the, the final is going to be uh, Spain versus uh, Portugal. I'm calling my shot early. Damn. I didn't even do that. <laughs> I set my game up. Um. So with Portugal being in my hypothetical final, I think uh, Diego Jota is going to be uh, the Golden Boot winner. You know, uh, he's had he's been locked up in a cage, and it's kind of like, you know, Bruce Banner all film ready to become the Hulk, and I think that's what he's going to do with this tournament because he was tearing it up before his injury. He was ma- he was, uh, I hate to say this, he was the reason that like Liverpool finished where they did, where as opposed mm, nice. to like winning it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, I am uh, hopeful that some some light will shine on a, a Belgian player, and it's going to be Yuri Thielemans. With Kevin De Bruyne being injured, he's going to miss the first match against Russia. Um, I don't have much faith in um, Eden Hazard. Uh, Thorigan Hazard isn't – he's a good player, but he isn't a massive playmaker. I think Thielemans could, could pop off this tournament. 
Uh, Golden Glove will go to another Portuguese player, Rio Patricio, uh, the Wolverhampton Wanderers uh, keeper. So, and he plays mm-hmm. for Portugal. So, uh, if they have a great yeah, tournament, he plays for Wolves. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, my dark horse is Sweden, uh, which is kind of a safe safe bet because they're overall a generally good uh, soccer nation. Uh, women, te- female team, better than the male- men's, but they still show up. Yeah, and like they're playing against, they have a tough toughish group like Spain. Uh, you haven't put, you're winning the tournaments, but Slovakia and Poland aren't pushovers either. But Sweden are really good team like there's no like stars i can think of at the top of head maybe alexander isaac yeah but they're a really good unit and it's gonna be hard to break down and they're pretty good going for we saw that in the last world cup they were fantastic mm-hmm. wow. and better without thought on <laughs> yes uh and underperforming is going to be germany despite the fact that they brought hummels back and muller back um it seems to be like the magic is gone with Joachim Lowe. And despite having so much talent, you know, Joshua Kimmich is healthy again. You have Joshua Narby. Uh, you have, you know, all these great players. And you still have Neuer in the back. They still, like, they pulled off a draw this week. And their last games were, like, a loss to Macedonia. And then, like, a 6-0 loss to Spain. So, I don't, I think they're going to be underperforming this tournament. Yeah, they're, I think, I think you're right with that one. That They're just too old at this point uh for me my winner is me france third and pull double the world cup and the euros i i think they're the strongest team and they won it already well they won a major tournament already so this the stage is going to be too big for them the lights aren't going to be too bright and with that my golden boot and my golden ball are both french golden boots to Kylian mbappe he's gonna like he's Everyone knows he's like he's like a he's a huge talent already, but this is where he's gonna be like maybe he should win the Ballon d'Or, like relatively soon if he if he keeps this up. He's gonna break out, store buckets of goals. A golden ball in Golo Tante. We saw how important he was with, for Chelsea. We saw how important he was in France's last tournament, the World Cup. I mean, he won Man of the Match in the Champions League final for a reason. He was all over that pitch. He's one of the best defensive midfielders to play the game. To play the game, he's we're, we're watching one of the best to play it with France and Golo Kante. Golden Glove. I like you. I love. I love a Belgian. Uh, Thibaut Courtois, um, I think, is going to be one of the best goalkeepers in the entire tournament. I mean, playing for Real Madrid, his he's like six seven or some shit like that. It's insane. He he has great reactions as well. My dark horse is Ukraine. And it kind of goes hand in hand with my underperforming. My underperforming is the Netherlands because their coach is Frank de Boer. And we as MLS fans know Frank de Boer is bad at coaching. But who's in their group? Netherlands, Austria, North Macedonia, Ukraine. I think Ukraine wins that group over Austria. Netherlands maybe get third, but are not out after that. Uh, I completely agree with you. It is, and I think it is so much a coaching problem because, like, you look at that roster. They have Memphis Depay, who's like one of the highest le- highest thought after players right now. You know, they have mm-hmm. Frankie De Young. They have every, Genie Wijnaldum. Yeah, they have all star players, and they can't get like they can't t- get it together. And I think that's all on Frank DeBoer. So, 
Yeah. With that, let's move on to penalty shootout with some quick bites from Europe. Uh, Valencia won the Euro lead against Manchester United on penalties. Um, every penalty was made except for the last one, which was taken by David De Gea. So it's pretty fucking funny. I thought it was great. It was, it was a moment, a moment <laughs> yeah. of karma. Because, like, as you're getting to the ninth one and everybody's making it, they're pretty good penalties. You're like, the keeper's going to have to take a shot. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> and, like, and Valencia's keeper, like... Scored one of the best. I, no, sorry. I have to apologize. It wasn't Valencia. It was Villarreal. Yep. Sorry, that's, that is... <laughs> That's my fault. I wrote this this note here. So Villarreal and Unai Emery, who great coach. Yeah, outside of England, coach. <laughs> may, well, maybe wasn't really given the things that he needed at mm-hmm. in England. Who knows? Who who didn't say? Yeah. But Unai Emery wins one over Manchester United, and the uh, Villarreal goalkeeper. His penalty was like one of the best ones taken, and David De Gea is like. I'm just going to pass it very slowly to that corner and like pointed to it and like rolled it over and really our keeper like loved it. And it's like, it's all over. And they have the hands like, Oh no, I failed. Yeah. Let my whole team down. And this guy has like a 375,000 euro contract per week. <laughs> I mean, I can do that penalty yes. for half that. I also can let in 10, 10 penalty goals and then not score <laughs> one for that much money. <laughs> I can dive the wrong way every time. Come on. Give me a chance. Oh, I mean, it was I'll right. stand on the middle. Eventually, someone's going to try and penetrate me. <laughs> yeah. Right? I just hope it's Kun Aguero. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Uh, Chelsea beat Manchester City in the Champions League. Ty Havertz with the goal. Fantastic pass by Mason Mount to break him out through. Uh, Thomas Tuchel got a two-year extension. Edouard Mendy becomes the first African goalkeeper to win the Champions League. Christian Pulisic becomes the first U.S. player to win the Champions League. Pulisic also should have made it 2 nothing in the second half, but he didn't. So, shoot. But they still won. Yeah, uh, and this uh, solidifies my point that Ty Havertz is better than Timo Werner. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Who scored the <laughs> fucking goal? Kai Havertz. Yeah, Timo Werner probably should have scored like three times, but he just missed. Oh, he wasn't offside all three times? No, he, I don't think he got the ball in the net is the thing. Like, even if it was onside it was or offside, it was over or around or one, he just flubbed. Did you see that picture at the end where he's like pointing at the crest, but he's pointing like above the crest and someone's like, you can't even hit the crest. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, or I can't catch a break. You have 30 goal contributions this year for Chelsea. He did. So. He did. Oh. But he's, he's not on our team, so we don't have to defend <laughs> him at all. <laughs> uh, speaking of somebody who is no longer getting uh, defended, or has to, had to build his own defense to the press, <laughs> Zinedine, Zidane re- Zinedine Zidane resigned from uh, Real Madrid, and he made, a, I think, a pretty eloquent statement when he left. Um, kind of pointing out that whoever gets the job next is also going to be in danger of like constantly under the radar. And if you don't do what the board likes, they'll, they'll pretty much threaten your job by leaking it to the media, which sounds shady as fuck, but like, you know, that's the kind of stuff that happens. Oh yeah. I mean, we all found out who the president of Real Madrid is during the whole ESL thing. He showed his character really well right, right there. 
But like, also, if you're doing the Real Madrid or Barcelona, like you're gonna be under a microscope the entire time. Like, you have to know that going in, right? Yeah. Well, the point is like that when you're a super club, that's also like a cult. That's what it feels like. <laughs> <laughs> because then it's like, I mean, yeah, they were the club of the fascist regime of Spain. Moving on, <laughs> uh, Carlo Ancelotti. <laughs> High tails that I've ever done as quick as possible to return to Real Madrid. Uh, so El Clasico this year, we coached by two failed Everton managers, uh, Carlo Ancelotti and Ronald Koeman. So, yep. <laughs> Whoever's next to either Sean Deitch or uh, Eddie Howe, go to Everton, stay there for a year, and just run over to Barcelona or Real Madrid. It'll be open. Uh, <laughs> okay. Masi Miano Allegri replaced uh, Andre Perlo as coach of Juventus. Um, this was a smart move. We, I think, yeah. Perlo was he needs to go off to coach a you know, Scottish team for a while, or I don't know, <laughs> just a, a different league. <laughs> he, he needs to build this coaching resume. His first job was Juventus. Yeah. Not all great players are great coaches as well. You can't just be like, he was a legend. He'll know what to do. It's like, no, he won't. <laughs> Only in very rare circumstances are the greatest players great coaches. I'm excited to take on my first uh, job as, as LAF, LAFC coach. As soon as I... <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, but that's like, so that's the scale of it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tante, Antonio Tante resigned from Inter Milan after winning Serie A. There are rumors swirling in the past couple days that Tottenham were going in, in for him, which would have been a really good move, I think, for Tottenham. But it just kind of fell apart earlier today, which is so spursy. It's so spursy. He would be an. Inter- I would like him to be in the EPL and also to have like. <laughs> just see that clash against the the, the owner. I'm forget, forgetting his name right now. Uh, Dan, Daniel Levy. Dan, Dan, Daniel Levy, because Daniel Levy is like such a control freak, <laughs> and, yeah. and, and Conte is not a guy to take shit. Uh, oh, I, we it just happened so long ago. We hadn't recorded since then. But uh, Harry Kane wants out of Tottenham. Sasha, as a Tottenham <laughs> hater, your thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> when your club's so bad your star wants to leave because he'd rather like he deserves silverware he is a star class player um i mean he's not gonna uh, he's not gonna get a trophy for england uh <laughs> he's not gonna get a trophy Tottenham either <laughs> exactly so yeah he he deserves better um he could fill kunaguero's shoes uh he could do better than kunaguero i think yeah so yeah the likely move is probably man city yeah. i don't know who else can afford him at this point yeah maybe psg Reunite with with Pochettino. <laughs> then uh, Nuno Santos resigned from Wolves as well after the season was over. Um, one of the best beards though in the league. One of the best beards. I, he's rumored for the Tottenham job as well. That I, I think that'd be a pretty good move for them, honestly. Uh, there's gonna be so many Portuguese players <laughs> coming in next <laughs> from the top. <laughs> um. There is one thing that we didn't write in the notes that I learned today. Uh, Jermaine Jones is looking to become a coach. He says he has almost all the licenses required to start coaching at the top level. Would you want him in the MLS, and would you want him at Minnesota? I wouldn't want his first job to be in MLS or first job in Minnesota. I want to see him do well in lower leagues first. 
but we do need more more uh, coaches with dreads. I've been saying this for a long time. Not enough coaches with dreads, and Jermaine Jones would bring that up to like, I think zero to one. David Beckham just heard your call. <laughs> <laughs> Did he have dreads? No, he doesn't anymore. Thankfully, thank no, he, God. He had cornrows. Oh God. Yeah. I think it's I think for dreads I think it's Jermaine Jones and the Senegalese national team coach, and that's it. Oh man. Oh. Yeah. Well, I mean, hope he gets a chance, and who knows? One day maybe we on the sideline for Minnesota United. I'd, I'd get behind that. I would too. We need, we also need more. We also need more coaches with sleeves, <laughs> tattoo sleeves. Um, Sasha, where can the people find you on social media? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Alexander Sorsloth. Uh, you can't find me on Facebook because I only use it to keep in contact with family. Yeah, face, Facebook's for family. Exactly. This is for mom and grandma. I'm at on Twitter at Real Caleb FC. I'm on Instagram at Caleb Olson seven one six. The podcast is on both those platforms at TWO United Fans. You can follow us there. Also, you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash TWO United Fans. You can join our Slack channel for three dollars a month. You can get extra episodes like Sasha talking about D and D or me talking about music um, for five dollars a month, and. Soon I'll be recording another bonus episode with uh, former guest or former guest, uh, former co-host of the pod, Colin O'Donnell. Will be talking about the most recent Jeff Rosenstock albums, uh, No Dream, and then he really re- released a Star version of the same album, Star Dream, with our fantastic. And I'm gonna talk to Colin about it, who's also a huge fan. So look out for that at some point when we record it. Um, shout out to. Our patrons at the $20 level, shout out to Eric Olson, thanks for holding us down. And, oh, I haven't done this in a while. Thanks to that talent's release of their song Lustless as our theme music. You can find them on Facebook, Bandcamp, YouTube, and probably SoundCloud. Um, with that, though, shout out to the Mad Villain, MF Doom.